Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Bundesliga show, brought to you by Over the Bar, of course, uh, and in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes. Um, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, the winter nights are drawing in. Uh, there's certainly something nasty going around. I've been sick as a dog for quite, well, a good few days. Um, so I apologise for my tardy appearance this evening. Um, but yeah, obviously, everything's down as well. Nothing's working on the internet, so I hope... Hope people are able to tune in and, and uh, get a bit of entertainment via the Bundesliga show. Uh, obviously, if the technology doesn't let us down today as well, fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, but anyway, uh, back back for another review show. Uh, the last one before another international break. So match match day seven review um, alongside the usual uh, bits and bobs uh, of the show. Um, lots more goals. Lots more entertainment. To talk through um so we'll get stuck into it in a moment uh obviously before we do just a bit of admin hopefully you guys are enjoying the show and you're familiar with over the bar um so if you do like the uh the video uh drop us a comment whether it's live or after the show let us know what you think have a go at the anagram anything just join in the community that we have already at uh, over the bar and of course please do subscribe to the channel uh we've just hit over 300 subscribers now which you know is a really nice round figure for us we know it's not you know hundreds of thousands but hopefully you guys can continue to to grow uh and as we do with the channel um right mark uh i think it's time to go over to you for uh, for a bit of anagram fun so you'll obviously reveal the answer of last week's and then uh, give us all the new ones to have a go at yeah, absolutely. Just remember also we are in uh, sponsorship as well with Bundesliga boxes as well. So remember you can check out, um, like I think Rory, they've not got, a, they've just had the latest batch, haven't they? I think, but yeah, have, but remember yeah. to check that out and get you kind of get on the reservation list for the next one because it's a really, really good system actually. It's like, I mean, if you, I think a lot of people nowadays, they like a kind of variety in the football shirts and it's kind of like pretty fashionable to get some like pretty, uh, nondescript ones, so to speak. I think, I mean, I can speak for myself. Like a lot of my German friends I play football with were pretty impressed with the fact that I turned up in a Paderborn shirt and a Tasmania Berlin shirt as well, you know. So if you want to kind of, if you're on the five-a-side pitch and you want to get a bit of uh, credit, uh, so to speak, then yeah, get your Bundesliga boxes uh, ordered because they are, it's a really good, also for presents as well, ahead of Christmas. I would imagine that yeah, yeah. you've got a few going ahead for Christmas. I think any hardcore football fan any football fan not just bundesliga really i think would appreciate especially someone that likes the football shirts and maybe some of the players out there as well so yeah get your bundesliga boxes bought and yeah thank us later so okay so over to mark's mystery anagram as promised yeah so for those of you with good memories let's uh jog your memory by um Reminding you of last week's week six anagram, which was indeed radio pad. So yeah, uh, Rory, I don't think anyone got it from what I saw. Actually, I don't. I don't remember anyone getting it. Right. Um, I have to double check. I think we definitely had someone in the live chat last week or was it the week before. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it was Ian. Yeah, I'm Ian. It, yeah, yeah, if it was our, Ian. Our master of the anagrams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congrats again. Yeah. Yeah, and it was indeed, it was Hertha Berlin's rather tough-looking coach, uh, Pal Dardai. 
Yeah, obviously not having the best of times this season. He's been more angry than happy so far. But yeah, Pal Dardai was the week six anagram. So let's swiftly move on to the week seven anagram for this week, which, as you can see at the bottom of your screens, is wet outgrow. Wet outgrow. So for those of you listening on the podcast, it's W H E T S outgrow O O U T G R O W. So yeah, wet outgrow is the anagram for week seven. So you've got two weeks to get this one. So come on, guys, you can definitely get it. Either comment in the live chat or comment on the comment section at the bottom of the show. Okay, so yeah, so where better place to move on to than the results from, uh, yeah, as Roy said, the last weekend before the, the next uh, international break. So as you can see at the bottom of your screen, we started on Friday night with, uh, yeah, with the Upsilon derby, didn't we? So we had Köln 3, um, Furt 1, another defeat for Furt. Moving on to uh, Saturday, we had Dortmund with a narrow win over Augsburg 2-1. Gladbach continue their good form with a 3-1 win at, Augsburg, uh, at Wolfsburg. Uh, Stuttgart won the uh, Baden-Württemberg derby 3-1 over Hoffenheim. Uh, Freiburg stay unbeaten, now seven unbeaten with four wins with another win against hopeless home side here to this cannot sort out the form of the Olympia Stadion, can they with a 2-1 win Leipzig continuing their upturn in form recently at least in the league with a 3-0 win over Bochum then three good games on Sunday we had a, a, a win for Union away from home obviously playing Thursday nights nowadays so an impressive away win in Mainz 2-1 then the shock of the weekend we had Frankfurt winning 2-1 at Champions Bayern Munich. And then to finish off the weekend, we had a bit of a thrashing, didn't we, with Leverkusen destroying still winless Armenia Bielefeld 4 0. Okay, so yeah, so where better place to start than obviously uh, the OTB's featured four, which is where we pick our four best games of the weekend, which was hard this weekend, wasn't it, Rory? Because I think there were no poor games as far as I could see, like pretty much every game had goals. An incident, yeah, that's for sure, which is quite a common sight, really, in the Bundesliga. But, yeah, we, we thought there's no better place to start really, than, obviously, the shock of the weekend. I mean, yeah, obviously, Frankfurt were previously winless, incredibly, in the first six games. But you have to remember, they had drawn five of those games. So, they'd only lost one game, which was on the opening day of the season at Dortmund. So, yeah, I mean, they're now six games unbeaten. Obviously, a massive, massive win, this one, winning away in the Allianz Arena. In the incredible stat from this one, this is uh, Bayern's first home defeat since before Hansi Flick's reign started, actually. Yeah. yeah. The first home defeat since the early part of November 2019. So, last time they lost at home, COVID was just something that you had in your nightmares. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, that, that run did end, basically. And, yeah, Frankfurt were the side that beat them. It's all also, two wins in a row for Frankfurt over Bayern as well, coupled with their 2-1 home win in Frankfurt last season. But yeah, as for the game, I mean, it started off just looking like business as usual, really, for Bayern, didn't it? And uh, Nagelsmann's men had a couple of chances. I think Lewandowski headed one over. Sula looked like he got a rare goal bursting forward, didn't he? But he smashed it into the side netting rather than the back of the net. Then, obviously, the breakthrough came after 29 minutes with Lewandowski turning provider this time for Goretzka to comfortably uh, slide past Trap for 1-0. At that point, obviously, I think another point we've got to make there is that Hinteregger 
obviously an excellent centre half for Frankfurt. He didn't have his best moment, did he? It was a poor clearance, which were, and then also he kind of missed his tackle as well on uh, Lewandowski too, who provided the assist. So wasn't the best moment for the Austrian there. But then just uh, five minutes later, brilliant corner from Kostic. I mean, the whip he got on that and the bend straight on the head of Hinteregger for one all smashing header. If there's ever a good goal from a corner, that was it really, wasn't it? It was a beautiful like corner smash onto the head of Hinteregger who smashed it past Neuer. Then actually, also they could have gone in front uh, into the break in front as well because Tra- uh, Torre actually went through on goal. It was actually a brilliant save from Neuer. This one, mm-hmm. like kind of the outstretched boot, like the classic Neuer save really that we've come to know. He loves to make saves with his feet from Neuer to keep it at one all. But Rory, you're just thinking that Bayern are probably going to take capitalize on that and go and win the game. But no, it wasn't to be, was it, in the second half? No, well, it was a very um, open game. Um, I think with regards to the prediction I made beforehand, saying it was going to be 5-2 to Bayern, I got one half of it right, at least the two two goals to Frankfurt. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it could well have easily been five if it weren't for uh, the brilliant uh, trap in net. Um, he was obviously very um, on, on the ball and, and made a, a number of crucial saves. Um, so obviously going into the second half, um, oh, there, there are so many big saves to, to pick out. Really, just a few that spring to mind was obviously the, the Lewandowski header. Uh, after about ten minutes in the second half, Trap makes a point blank save with his, uh, I think with with his uh, right palm, yeah. um, keeps that out. Uh, next up was Gnabry when he was played down the right. Uh, Trap again just. Uh, kind of pulls out a hand and manages to keep it strong enough to stop that going in. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously Frankfurt were able to to hold on into the um, you know late parts of the game, which you know, and then you, you get into the game, you think anything can happen here, and Frankfurt were were able to break and and they broke well. Ball uh, ending up with Kostic on you know wide on on kind of a narrow angle. Um, on the edge of the area and that that's his trademark certainly was last season he struck it cleanly enough but um it you know it wasn't the best of hits actually it went straight under Neuer um and uh, obviously ended up being the goal ended up being the winner uh which obviously a fantastic um result for Frankfurt um as you mentioned lots of big performances in there for Frankfurt uh, a lot of their players from last season come into the four again um Kostic looks like he's enjoying his football again which is obviously really important because he's you know providing assists left right and centre now pretty much all of those goals are coming through him uh if he's not scoring them so that's obviously incredibly important they're starting to get a bit more steel at the back um obviously the fact as we mentioned they have won a game but they've not lost many uh they obviously got a lot of draws but a lot of those draws have come as a result of poor not massive defensive mistakes, but just goals that could have been prevented. Um, so it's good to see them kind of up in their game there, especially Kevin Trapp in net. So, yeah, huge win for Frankfurt. Uh, gives them a lot of belief on the back of a good uh, good result in Europe as well on Thursday night. So they backed that up. Um, I mean, it's hard to say too much bad about Bayern. I think, obviously, on another day, they could have won the game, of course, because of you know, the nature of how well Trap played. Um, 
that you know they they look dangerous regardless. Um, obviously got lots of players to call upon with regards to going forwards. Um, they still still look a little bit open at the back, and, and that obviously will give teams with a bit uh, more quality that you know that's <laughs> to make them think you know we can be in a game here. Obviously, Frankfurt beat them last season as well. Um, so you know teams that have got a bit about them going forward and have got goals in them will certainly get by in a, a good game. Uh, throughout the season, I think. Um, so, you know, that that's a good thing for the league, I think. Um, and yeah, like, like we kind of say in the title, it opens up the title race really nicely. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it was a really good game. Great result for Frankfurt uh, and, you know, quality performances all around for, from, uh, well, Ad, not Adi Hooters men, uh, all the Glasner's men. Um, so, yeah, huge win for him as well uh, as the, the new head coach. Yeah, I think you could see the celebrations from Glasner at the end. He couldn't quite believe his eyes really that they managed to pull it off, I don't think, obviously. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, I think um, Bayern did beat his Wolfsburg side twice last year as well. So, obviously, he's not really used to tasting victory over Bayern. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of people were talking about a crisis for Frankfurt. But, I mean, actually, they're now eight games unbeaten in all comps. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like much of a crisis to me. But obviously, it is the first win. So, from that regard, yeah. It's not like they've been losing games. But as you say, Rory, they just it's just been like poor finishing and like some mistakes at the back that have been stopping them from... I'm not saying they should have won all of the games that they drew. But they certainly should have had a few more results than they have done, that's for sure. Like, But, I mean, now all of a sudden, you're looking forward for them, aren't you? I mean, obviously, if they go and win the next game then all of a sudden the season looks half decent again, really. You know, only one defeat from, what, eight games it would be. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they've got to back that result up now, though, and they've got to start going for more wins and turning those draws into wins. But if ever a result's going to give you confidence, it's going to be winning away at Bayern Munich, isn't it? And, I mean, yeah. the the players there have shown that, like, they're, they're fighting. We're starting to see an upturn for quite a few teams now, aren't they? We obviously, we'll come into later. A lot of the kind of... Teams that were expected to do well started very slowly this season, but we're starting yeah. to see an upturn. And talking of upturns, let's move on to the the next game we're going to cover in our feature four, which is obviously Gladbach's three-one away win, uh, starting to falter Wolfsburg now. Really, let's be honest. I mean, obviously Gladbach had a horrible start to the season, didn't they? Aside from their one-all draw with Bayern, but I mean, then then they went on to lose what three in a row, including defeats against the likes of Augsburg, Union. Terrible run of form they hit, but then all of a sudden you, you look at those two games, Dortmund at home and Wolfsburg away, and you're thinking, oh God, they could be in the bottom three really before yeah. this. But to turn out in a performance like this, I thought was testament to the fact that they are starting to grow now under Adi Hooter. And you could see at the end of the game with him smiling, you could see that he knows that this is a team that are on the kind of the right trajectory now, really glad back. And for me, this was probably their most, the best performance of the season all around in a game where I just thought they battered Wolfsburg really from the first moment, to be honest. But obviously, um, couple of chances early doors which didn't quite go their way but it only took them what seven minutes to get on the score sheet I think it was a corner that wasn't really cleared very well out to Zachariah who kind of like mishit it really and then I think obviously he hasn't started many games in Bolo has he but he managed to finish this really really well I, I think to be honest he hadn't really earned the trust of uh, Adi Hooter in the first few games he obviously didn't fancy him at the start but he came in for this game and he kind of hammered an overhead kick into the back of the net. Obviously, it was relatively close range, but great improvisation, really, that yeah. one. It was a great goal. 
Then obviously just a, a few minutes later, it went from bad to worse for the home side, Wolfsburg, who are now five games without a win in all competitions, by the way. And it, it was just a through ball from, I think it was Stindl to a Hoffman who like comfortably ran through and slid past Castiles and barely 10 minutes on the clock and it's already 2-0 to the uh, away side. And I mean, obviously the game did kind of come a little bit closer. Obviously Wolfsburg pulled one back, Rory, but it always looked like Gladbach were going to be victory, victorious in this game for me, really. Yeah, it did. Obviously, um, getting a quick start is is always important in in any in any contest. Um, Gladbach again continued to um, to turn up in in the bigger game, so to speak. Uh, obviously, they'd be a, a much uh, well, they'd be much higher up the league, and indeed a much more rounded team if they could produce that week in week out. Whether it's a mental thing um, amongst the players, because it's hard to kind of nail it to one manager, because. It was a similar story uh, last season as well, wasn't it? Because they often turned up uh, for the bigger games. Um, so yeah, obviously, really quick start, two 0 up after seven minutes or whatever it is. Is you know that's it's like having a handicap on the game being up that that early on. Uh, Wolfsburg, as you said, worked their way back into it. A uh, bit of magic from uh, Riedle Baku um, on on the wing, and then the ball fell nicely for. Um, for who was it? Uh, Ward Schmidt uh, in in the area to volley home after a bit of a lucky deflection, um, and then look back yo um, on loan from Herter yeah. um, also had a really good chance, um, but fluffed his lines. Not to many people shock, probably from a Herter Berlin point of view. Um, hit it straight at Sommer, um, but yeah, after that. Pretty pretty comfortable from Gladbach. Uh, Lacroix was given his marching orders for a second yellow, uh, which uh, was a, a foul in the area, which brought down Mbolo again. So again, Mbolo involved. Um, referee gave penalty, uh, but Castiles uh, was able to make up for a mistake for the second goal, to be fair, uh, as he came rushing out to try and beat Hoffman to the ball. He saved the penalty, so it's still 2-1. So still a bit nervous, perhaps, for, uh, for Gladbach. Um, Wolfsburg then, in for a few minutes, went down to nine men um, when there was another red card, this time for Rousselion, but it got um, overturned by VAR because I think it looked like uh, the play got some of the ball for uh, making that <coughs> challenge. Uh, and then right at the end, in deep into injury time, uh, Joe Scally, uh, yet another American, obviously we've mentioned him a few times on the show already, managed to intercept a pass, headed it, Chased his own header, and ran through and scored a lovely goal um, by the, by the young fullback. So great, great piece of uh, energy, uh, opportunism about that uh, moment. So very well done to him, uh, and on his you know first ever Bundesliga goal. Uh, so that's obviously brilliant for him, and uh, of course killed the game three one to Gladbach. Um, brilliant win for them, uh, as you mentioned there. You know starting to look better now um obviously just up to around about mid table um yeah obviously if they can get the players on the pitch they'll you know there'll be a problem for most teams you know kind of try not to overly repeat myself with a lot of the kind of things I say about certain teams on the show and obviously with Gladbach I kind of say that you know when they get players on the pitch they'll They'll challenge most teams, but they get injuries or the inconsistencies creep in again, uh, which, you know, which stifle them. Um, so if, you know, if the manager can kind of get a settled way of playing and, and kind of bed that in as soon as possible, then 
then they'll be on something good and maybe they can sneak into Europe again this season. Um, the fact that they aren't in Europe this season might be a big, big plus for them. Uh, can just concentrate on the Bundesliga and, and you know, kind of crack on with that. Um, might be a bit of a worry that Stindl's now missed two penalties in a row. He's Mr. Reliable, so that's a bit of a shock, um, especially from a fancy Bundesliga point of view. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Reliable in terms of getting you some regular points. Um, but, yeah, important that Mbolo had a good game. Like you said, maybe he's not been trusted. Uh, a lot of the times he's used as an impact player from the bench, particularly when Plie and Chiramba fits. So can he take some of the responsibility now, um, much like, say, Diaby's done at Leverkusen because Bailey moved on. Um, obviously, you know, that, you know, it helps if the player rises to the challenge, uh, which he did on this match day. Uh, for Wolfsburg, yeah, the bubbles burst a little bit, a uh, couple of losses. Um, their, uh, their discipline seems to be a bit of an issue. Quite a lot of red cards, two, two and two in the European games, although Obviously, the second one was a complete joke and a, and a refereeing mistake. Uh, but another red card could have been two in the same game. Um, so that's uh, a bit of a worry. Uh, obviously, they're a you know a rigid team. Sometimes they uh, you know they're reliant on the way that they defend well and they're physical and and they can you know put that on to other teams. But you've got to do it in the right way as well and not kind of do it so that it costs you. So. Yeah, work to do for Wolfsburg uh, and the, obviously the new head coach, uh, Van Bommel, he'll be a bit worried about the lack of form. Um, their style was really impressive, um, but now that they're facing a bit of adversity, it'll be very interesting to see how they react. So we'll learn more about them and, and how Van Bommel's going to go as a coach in the coming weeks. Absolutely, yeah, but obviously Adi Hooters men march on and they're going to be in pretty confident mood going into the restart in two weeks after obviously the international break. Okay, so let's move on to the third game, which talking to teams that inform, probably the informed team of the Bundesliga at the minute. Um, yeah, if it wants to come on, yeah. Bayer Leverkusen just destroying uh, Nordrhein-Westfalen rivals. I mean, yeah, Bielefeld. I mean, I guess, to be honest, this was probably as comfortable in a way win as you're ever going to get in the top tier of any level of football, really, to be honest. I think, obviously, uh, going ahead after just 18 minutes through that man, Moussa Diaby, who, as Rory said, has very much stepped up. And for me, I think, for me, the, the question with Diaby was always his finishing, really. He was always a class player, but he always used to miss, like, one-on-ones for fun, didn't he? But, like, he does seem to have worked on that finishing. He seems to be flourishing in the fact that he is probably... Not necessarily their best player, because, I mean, obviously, he's probably still overshined by Florian Wirtz and potentially Patrick Schick as well in that department. But definitely, we've seen a lot of improvement from him and more consistency, and he did put them in front. It was a bit of ricochet, really. One of them, but he showed his pace to get in behind two or three defenders and just slip it past Ortega with a good finish for 1-0. Then probably the most controversial moment, really, I guess, was the fact that, like, Patrick Vimmer, just, just about 30 or 40 seconds after that moment, after 19 yeah. minutes... Had a goal this lab, which I thought was a bit harsh myself, to be honest. Because I think it actually looked like a really good finish. He kind of backheeled it into the back of the net, didn't he? But it, it was actually disallowed by the, the play. It was one of those that we see a lot in the Premier League as well, don't we? Where like the player was kind of standing there and the referee deemed it to be offside because he was like in the way of the keeper and the ball. I always think they're a little bit harsh, those ones, to be honest. Would you agree with that, Roy? That this was a bit of a harsh decision against Bielefeld, really? 
Yeah, well, it was slightly harsh. Um, would have given them a great response to going 1-0 down as well. Um, but, yeah, fine margins in football in this one, unfortunately, went against their home sides that, you know, they would have needed those 50-50 kind of calls going their way in, in general for this game. So, yeah, a bit harsh, unfortunately. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but then obviously, I mean, um, the the informed visitors obviously capitalised very, very comfortably after that. I mean, it was that man Florian Verts that made the second one, gliding through midfield like the, the great pace, threading a great ball through to the inform Patrick Chick, who comfortably finished past Ortega for his what was at the time his fifth uh, league goal of the season. Then, yeah, obviously after half-time, I mean, that man, Jeremy Frimpong, he's another player that's come from nowhere and it wasn't really favoured last season, was he, after signing in January? But, I mean, mm. for me this season, he's been he's probably outshined backer, to be honest with you, a full-back, really, in many ways, with a lovely, again, getting in behind that uh, Bielefeld defence, clipping a lovely ball and straight onto the head of Patrick Schick. It kind of looked like it was an own goal at first to me, but it was definitely Schick. They got his head on it for 3-0. That killed the game, Rory, and then just cruise control from there, really, wasn't it? Yeah, after 3-0, there was a lot of substitutions made, wasn't there? And the game kind of lost a bit of structure, uh, as it often does when there are so many subs. Um, so, yeah, the, the game drifted towards an inevitable end. Uh, I think Fabian Klos, close came close with a header um, <laughs> at the back stick. Um, but again, yeah, not nothing cutting edge, unfortunately, for Bielefeld. Leverkusen was slicing through them at will. Um, and then a uh, a fourth came right at the end of the game for but came out of nowhere, actually. The penalty, so the penalty was given for a, a, a flailing arm by the Bielefeld player in his own box, kind of brushing someone aside, um, which was obviously only picked up by VAR. Um, and then you know, nine times out of ten in the middle of the pitch. It's kind of just play on. Uh, you, you know, see it every day at your local park or Sunday, Saturday league game. Um, so I thought that was a strange one, the fact that they needed to pick up on that, despite the fact that it was already 3-0. Um, but yeah, Demir by puts it in for 4-0 and, you know, the game is the game is done. Leverkusen, yeah, looking really hot at the moment. One of the form teams, well, probably the form team in the Bundesliga and one of the form teams in Europe right now. Um you know, dismantled Celtic um, in, in the Europa League as well. Uh, and look, you know, a real force going forward. Uh, Schick scoring goals. Uh, obviously, still got someone like Hilario to come off the bench. I know he's not got off the mark yet in the Bundesliga, but he's scored in midweek. Uh, again, only from the penalty spot, but it's good for confidence for the, the second striker, so to speak. Uh, and you've got players all around them. Fullbacks bombing on, as, as you mentioned. Frimpong is a joke. He's so good at the moment. Uh, you know, assist after assist. Furtz is a scary good player at the moment. Uh, absolutely running the show through midfield with the support of Demir by or, you know, anyone like that. Paulinho as well, the, their number seven, who is a big signing for them, uh, who is kind of fluctuated throughout the team, you know, kind of his time there, but I thought he, you know, he's settling in quite well to this season. So, yeah, they look brilliant. They look exciting going forward. Uh, as long as their fullbacks can ably assist in terms of the defensive side of the game, Backer and Frimpong, uh, alongside Tar and Kosnunu, then, you know, they're on something very good there. And um, for Bielefeld, like, like I said, with regards to the game, they needed a lot of things to go their way, possibly for them to earn anything more than a point or, you know, not even losing. So it was a tricky one for them against the form side. So 
um it's kind of one of those dust yourselves down and go again and, and go out in search of that uh elusive win because now they're only one of two teams that haven't won a game obviously the other team being Furt, who you know who look quite uh desperate right now and so unfortunately being a fail didn't go their way but i'm sure if they can just get a bit more a bit more oomph and a bit more uh efficiency going forward then you know they'll score a few few more goals and and have enough to at the very least uh secure a relegation playoff place perhaps for the end of the season absolutely couldn't agree more okay so let's move on to the uh the southwest of germany uh derby which was obviously a uh, stuttgart versus hoffenheim i mean to be honest coming into this one i think obviously we expected goals which is what we got but i think most people will probably have expected hoffenheim to go away victorious in this one but i mean it obviously it wasn't to be and it went on to be a pretty comfortable win for the uh, vfb uh, stuttgart in the end didn't it i mean but i mean for me probably the big it, the scoreline didn't really tell the the true story of this game i mean hoffenheim missed a hat full of chances really let's be honest uh, maybe not all of them sitters with the exception of obviously Kramerich's missed header where he kind of misheaded it really mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it, they've got to do better with the finishing haven't they obviously babu back into the side and they like he's, he's not for everyone, Ilhas Bebu, is he really? Let's be honest. I mean, we know that he can be wasteful, but he always looks like the kind of player that could just burst into like real form. He smashed against the underside of the bar, which was a little bit unlucky early on. But then, obviously, before long, it was that man, uh, Mark Oliver Kempf, wasn't it, with, uh, with the goal. Obviously, the header from the corner again, poorly defended. But, I mean, he he, do, he is a good header of the ball, Kemp, at the end of the day. But yep. defensively, they've got to be doing better. There were five defenders, uh, Hoffenheim defensive players, in the area at that time. He's got to be doing better for me, really, and trying to get that out. Obviously, Kemp giving them the lead from the uh, Marmouche corner, who has looked decent, to be fair, you know. Yeah, he has. Obviously, yeah. it seems as though they start with a different fall, a forward line every game. I mean, obviously, Chris Furich started this game as well. A guy who, I don't know about you, Rory, but I didn't know much about him. Another one, maybe, that they've kind of unleashed. One of the great things about the Bundesliga, isn't it, though, that every week you see these different players that just kind of come from youth systems or mm-hmm. and they, they get chances, don't they? But, I mean... Yeah, so it's 1-0. Then, obviously, Hoffenheim miss uh, the chance through Bebu. They miss a few other chances as well. Then into the second half, Rory, I mean, it, it's that man, Mavropanos, that really wins the game, though. And who, By the way, he has, he has had a great start to the season, Mavropanos. He's probably one of few real bright sparks to the uh, Stuttgart season so far, Rory. Really? Hey, yeah, Mavropanos turned into prime Maldini all of a sudden. He, <laughs> he is, yeah, he's been a real highlight of the season so far. Uh, for Stuttgart, uh, he you know he's got uh, he opened his account um, earlier on this season in a similar fashion, and so for the second goal um, on on the hour mark, I think it was uh, he he wins the ball just inside Hoffenheim's uh, own half, and then just drives forward with it, uh, really direct at you know at pace as well, good close control. Wasn't really kind of challenged until the edge of the area where it was too late. He cuts inside and unleashes a brilliant effort into the bottom corner and wheels away to celebrate uh, Julia as you would with a fantastic goal. Um, so yeah, the two two central defenders really helping out Stuttgart in a in a tight spot when they're missing players at the front end of the pitch or certainly their most prolific one in in the shape of Sasa Kalajic. Um So yeah, two nil um, and. You know they the you know the 
the Lions did exactly what they needed to do at that point. They um, kind of killed the game. Cramerich again, like you said, he had lots of chances. Again, he could have he could have made it two one, but he mistimed his header. Um, so that was another chance that went by for him. Um, and with ten minutes left to go, uh, Kui Bali played in uh, Massimo, who's never scored for the club as well before. Uh, so that was a really good moment for him. He actually finished finished the the chance really well to make it three nil. Uh, and there was a late consolation for, for Brun Larsen, uh, who came off the bench and his kind of cross slash shot went through the legs of Anton and they went through uh, for 3-1. Um, so, yeah, fabulous win for, for Stuttgart. Um, you know, they're really being uh, typically, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, kind of, rough and ready but uh, but still kind of doing everything that they need to do to get through games when they're not necessarily playing their best or at their best um pellegrini pellegrino matarazzo you know he's a very smart man uh we've all kind of learned about his history and how well he's done at the club and he's managed them for a really tough time particularly well uh and hopefully they're starting to come out on the other side now um couple of wins and a couple of draws and they've moved up to 12th in the league um, and that's all without basically a striker um, I know they brought in Marmouche in the last few games and he has looked particularly uh, useful, uh, obviously he opened his account as well a few weeks ago so hopefully he'll come good and uh, you know he can create a partnership with either El uh, Al Qadawi um, or even um, the man who started at the weekend who as I said I, I don't really know much about him um, not even come across him in my uh, footy manager or FIFA career mode so he must have come out of nowhere to be fair um, so yeah really good win, the only thing I'd say on Hoffenheim is obviously if, if Kramerich doesn't score who is and I know Kramerich only opened his count last week and Baumgartner's you know uh, scored a few goals and you know Brun Larson as well has, you know, has made a good return to the club but yeah uh, they're, so, they're so frustrating Hoffenheim when you think about how well they often play and then you think all right back that up back that up but they never seem to so yeah frustrating day at the office for Hoffenheim uh because obviously if Kramerich was a bit more on uh on point with his finishing then it could have been a different story but yeah good good win for Stuttgart yeah good win for your boys over their uh local rivals as well I have to remember yeah good so yeah so let, let's review the other games as well obviously quite a few other entertaining games as well so obviously um yeah, probably the best one to start with that is probably Leipzig, their their improvement as well, starting the Saturday night late game. I mean, this was a pretty crazy match because it looked like one of them that might just get away from them, didn't it? They missed handfuls of chances throughout the game, didn't they? And I mean, in the end, it was that man, Andre Silva, who obviously, with one of his trademark headers, I mean, it was the definition of a bundled-in goal, really, wasn't it? Obviously, the corner looked like it hadn't crossed the line. As it happened, it had crossed the line. The goalkeeper uh, couldn't quite keep it out from the Portuguese forward. He, he followed it up anyway, but you could see the relief on his face. His first goal from open play for Leipzig, that one. Then, obviously, that man, probably one of the form players of the season in, in Europe, really, uh, Nkunku. I mean, what a season yeah. he's having so far. I mean, obviously, he finished the game with another double. I mean, how many goals is that for him this season so far from midfield? You know, he just scores for fun, didn't he? A quality player. Rory, do you think um, Leipzig will be happy with this one or do you think they got away with one a little bit there? Um, I kind of, yeah, I relate to what you said with regards to maybe the first half and it maybe looked like one of those games that could uh, escape them uh, in obviously 
There was the penalty that was given early on, uh, although rightly overturned because it was a daft thing that the referee gave that as a penalty. Yeah, when yeah. It was the 50-50 on Paulson. Um, chances for Angelino and Kunku. Um, Forsberg hit the bar. So, yeah, it could have been one of those where they got frustrated. But, yeah, two two big moments in the second half in the shape of bringing on Sabozlai and, and Silva. Uh, both came on within either together or within a short space of the time uh, together. And then Silva heads in to Bosley's corner. Uh, and then obviously the flurry of goals from there from Nkunku. Um, really cool finish for his first goal from the Silva pass. Uh, so Silva not only getting a goal, but getting himself an assist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nkunku's, yeah, probably one of the form players in, in Europe. I think it's fair to say he's getting goals you know, in the Bundesliga in, in Europe, um, you know, really dangerous in behind teams. Uh, maybe teams will get a bit savvy and start to play a bit deeper against him. I don't know. But, uh, he, you know, he's got an all-round game at the moment and, you know, is supplying the goods for for Leipzig. And, yeah, it backs up a good um, week for for RB in terms of the Bundesliga. Obviously, they smashed her to 6-0 and then they backed that up with a 3-0 win. Uh, over Balkan, so that's nine goals and none conceded in two games. That's brilliant work in the league. Obviously, that's foregoing the the horror that was uh, the the home loss to to Club Brugge in the Champions League. Unfortunately for them, which puts them in a sticky position in that regard. Um, but yeah, they're starting to recover and have climbed up the league back into eighth place now. And if they can back up uh, that sort of form um, after the international break, it's probably come at the worst time for them in terms of a team that's gathered momentum. Um, so they'll be uh, maybe cursing their luck at that timing. But yeah, good win for them, as you'd expect. Balkan were, were gritty, held on for a while. Holtman tried to give them something going forward. And the, the uh, their Japanese striker, Anzo, I think it was. Uh, I think that's his name. Um, tried hard, but maybe doesn't give you the same threat that uh, Simon Zola does. And obviously he's got a cruciate ligament injury, which is terrible for them. Uh, really real uh, kind of bad piece of luck, which will be, you know, might be the difference between them going, you know, going down and staying up really is that big, I think. Um, so tough work, uh, uh, tough luck for Balkan, but a good win for Leipzig. Yeah, and talking about obviously Balkan now, you can safely say they are definitely a struggling side, as you say, don't have a lot going for them up top. And obviously, especially with Solo, who was like there, who had a really good start to the season. It's an absolute sickness of it, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's um, obviously another struggling side, promoted side, was indeed Greuther. I mean, what a strange game on Friday night, really. Obviously, the Cologne fans went to the stadium, probably expecting a bit of a hammering. One of the form teams of the league this season under Stefan, under the beautifully eccentric Stefan Baumgart and his flat cap and his uh, crazy gestures and his crouching attitude all the time. You know, what a guy. I, I've fallen in love with him literally in the Bundesliga this year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, obviously, anyway, they, they turn up, the Cologne fans playing party mood, you know, big crowd on, on the Friday night. And then just after seven minutes, I mean, that man, Marco Meyerhofer, slides him in front from the Timothy Tillman assist. Mm -hmm. And it just goes silent, doesn't it? I mean, nobody yeah. can believe what's happened. Then, obviously, I think, for me, probably the big moment in this match and potentially in the season, really, of uh, Greuther Furt mm -hmm. was that moment, wasn't it? Played through on goal, uh, Dudziak 
goes through it. He initially takes it really well. He takes it into his stride. He looks confident. It's actually a really good save by... Uh, sorry, no, not a save. He slides it onto the post, doesn't he? Yeah. He slides it onto the post. It looked in all the way. I was watching. I'm thinking, my God, it's 2-0. Then it bounces out to him the other side. And he's got to be finishing it. And he kind of just dilly-dallies a little bit. Side foots. It looks like it's going in. It smashes the other post and comes out. So they've literally the same man has hit the post twice, and he's. Do you know what I mean? You go in. This is just before half time. You go in two nil up, and you know. I mean, it's not to say that Cologne couldn't have won the game because the way the second half went, they could probably still well have done it. But I mean, Rory, that one just they looked a deflated side in the second half, didn't they? Really, Cologne, but. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the the equaliser comes really quickly, doesn't it? Which you know is is often a killer. Uh, if you want to uh, last in a in a half, and if you're defending a lead, the last thing you need to do is you know concede early doors, particularly when you you don't necessarily have the means to score lots and lots of goals going forward. And I think they're probably like we said, they they might score more goals than Bolton, but they'll probably concede more goals as well. That's the problem. Um, so yeah, it was good. Good bit of work from um, from Kynes and Schmitz down the right, uh, and they they crossed it in for Anderson to poke home. Then five minutes later, and um, you know the pressure kind of tells, and and they're already they're all of a sudden they find themselves two one down. Um, Skahiri uh, and Skahiri and Seachos basically kind of bundled <laughs> the ball home together. Uh, I think obviously it got awarded to Skahiri, but. Uh, yeah, it's good work by Hector at the the near post, flicking that corner on. So that's two one, um, and despite you know a bit of battle uh, uh, from foot, it, it wasn't to be. In, and Skiri broke forward. Uh, well, he was played in by the sub Schwalb, um, who played him in, and he finishes well for three one. So yeah, uh, kind of expected win in the end for Colm, but you know they had to work for it in terms of the second half. But they went about it. Uh, really professionally. They didn't panic. They just came out and attacked the second half really well. Always helps when you get that early goal in the second half and they, you know, they kind of cruised it from there. Um, yeah, obviously the the, the Duziak moment is, is huge in the context of the game. And at, even as you mentioned, Mark, the, their entire season, um, you know, you often look at momentum in football and and it's you know it doesn't always refer to momentum in games it's you know sometimes momentum in a season um and you know if they get two nil up and this they somehow hold on to get a draw or a win and then you take that confidence and you know use it and build on it during the international break then who knows but it'll be a long two weeks for for the players of foot kind of resting on that you know that that thing in their mind and the fact that they should have been two nil up at half time and then built on that on that lead. So yeah, work to do for them. I'm not quite sure where that first win's coming from, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. It's an absolute signal, but I mean, Cologne was still, let's be honest, well worthy of the win in the end. Uh, yeah. Dominate, uh, completely dominated the second half really. Yeah. But yeah, again, it's seven games now, six defeats for Furt. They've worked to do really. But ironically, Rory, I don't know if you know, but uh, Furt hosts Bolcom in the next round of fixtures. Now, wow. that is the definition of a six-pointer, that one. <laughs> that isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, that is literally like the definition of a six-pointer, that one. I yeah. mean, if that's a draw, we might as well count those two sides down at the minute. Yeah, the way they're both playing. 
you know. Yeah. I mean, both are struggling badly, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that, that game comes at a good time, really, because it gives them a chance, you know, a game where both can realistically win and mm-hmm. potentially third can get that first win, which they badly, badly need to give them confidence and believe that they can compete seriously at this level, which, to be honest, I'm still not convinced that they believe they can do, in all honesty. Yeah. Okay, let, some more entertaining games still to come as well. Obviously, we've got uh, Freiburg continuing their great form with a 2-1 win away at Hertha Berlin. I mean, obviously, we've seen Freiburg. They tend to be very... They play with a lot of flair going forward at home. But away from home, they try to kind of keep it tight a lot, don't they? Which is obviously great um, management, really, obviously, isn't it, from Streich? But, I mean, this game, I mean... Hertha Berlin is so frustrating because I actually thought they played well in this game, to be honest with you. I, I thought they were really good for long periods, to be honest, in this game. But, I mean, it's just once again, it's from the corner, isn't it? Christian Gunter, Swift, they're, they're always very good from set play. So, you've got to be, like, doubly on your mark, really, against Freiburg. And, yeah, Christian Gunter swings in a good ball. But, I mean, it's just so easy for Leinhardt just to kind of, like head it in in the, the, the Austrian international for 1-0. This is after Hertha have made a good start as well in the game, really. And, I mean, yeah. they, they go on to have another load of sack full of chances as well. Serdar missed a few. That man, David, David Selke. Yeah, the um, Lukaku 2.0. <laughs> yeah, missed a few chances as well, as, as he always does, let's be honest. And then finally, though, they, they do get the equaliser. It's a really, really good goal as well from uh, the home side, Berlin. Obviously, um, Mittelstadt um, putting a great ball in ahead of the defence. Some would say it was a bit lackadaisical defending from uh, Freiburg. There were a couple of men kind of caught daydreaming a little bit. And it was that man, the substitute Piotek, who smashed home an equaliser. It, it'll still be on me how he never seems to get a start, really, Piotek. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we've talked a lot about Hertha Berlin. There do seem to be internal issues there, only potentially with some of the attitudes of players and things. And, obviously, um, Pal Dardai does seem to favour Davies Selke like every single game, really, which I think nobody who watches the Bundesliga on a regular basis can really understand. But Piotek got the equaliser. And then I think it was Piotek who also smashed the bar a few minutes later as well. Uh, it was, um, was Eklund Kamp, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he was, like, that had gone in, it would have raised the roof off the uh, Olympia Stadium. But, I mean, that was unlucky, really. And then, lo and behold, just kind kind of typical Hertha Berlin of the last two seasons, really, let's be honest. They're looking like they're going to get into it. And then substitute Nils Peterson from a miscleared corner. I mean, to be fair, it is a great finish, actually. It's really good improvisation from, let's be honest, he's their third-choice centre-forward, really, nowadays, Nils Peterson. He doesn't get on the pitch much. Great, I would call it an overhead kick, really, into the into the kind of far corner. And that gives him the win, Rory, for Freiburg. Obviously, a fourth win out of seven, coupled with three draws as well. I mean, but yeah, for me, it's all about Berlin this game. Really. They give away two poor goals and they just miss too many chances, don't they, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, Hertha at home, obviously, are kind of a hard team to predict. Um, you know, after a bit of momentum, getting the wins against the newly promoted teams, obviously, that's kind of been stifled now by the two losses to to RB and Freiburg um and yeah I don't I don't really know much uh what else to say with Hertha um they're 
don't feel like they utilize all their best assets. Uh, Pal Bardai is having a bit of a tricky time of it. Um, and there can't be an awful lot of confidence going through the club from top to bottom. Uh, Piatek obviously does well to, to get himself a goal. But yeah, obviously, unfortunately, they, they can't follow that through. Obviously, if the if Eklund camp um, does get the goal, um, then brilliant. Then they can maybe go on and go from there. But Freiburg have got a you know a gritty way of playing. Uh, they're a really good team as well, um, and you know they showed their quality in the end. And and Peterson, you know, super sub, uh, Bundesliga super sub, uh, was able to kind of be be the difference in the end. So you know, Freiburg's record breaking start goes on. Hertha again, you know, that's still almost like Hoffenheim, but to a lesser degree, flatter to deceive, and you know, much you know are in a much worse position. Uh, than say Hoffenheim are um, because obviously Hoffenheim probably produced a bit more of a goal threat. Um, you know, conceded twenty goals in seven games. You know, that's not it's not ideal. You know, well that's that's the worst in the league, I think, by the looks of it. Firth have only conceded nineteen. Um, so you know, there therein is the example. Um, so in fourteenth place, two points above. Um, Bielefeld in, in the relegation playoff place, two points also ahead of Bolkham. So one win for either of those teams, you know, really draws Hertha back into the, you know, into the fray. So yeah, lot, lots of work for them to do. They look um look a little bit lost right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just the same old problems for Hertha really in a year after year these days. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, yeah, still another couple of games to go through. Obviously, yeah, we, we had a win for Dortmund, didn't we, over Augsburg? I mean, for me, though, this was a really even game. I mean, I think if you have Haaland in the game, it probably finishes like 4-0 or 4-1 this one, doesn't it? But, I mean, we have seen that Dortmund, they don't look the same side without Haaland at all. You know, obviously, second league game in a row out. Obviously, they, they went down to a pretty lacklustre 1-0 defeat against Gladbach last week. And... Mm. Obviously, this week, just about, I wouldn't say scraping past because they probably still were um, worthy of the win, especially in the second half, you know. But I thought yeah. in the first half, obviously, Caliguri had a really good game for um, for the away side, Augsburg. He he had a couple of great efforts. Uh, I, I think the penalty, obviously, they, they go ahead through a penalty, don't they? But it's such a ridiculous foul, really, from, I think it was, uh, was it Gumni who gave the foul away? I mean, it's really poor that from it. It was when I first saw it, I thought, no way is he given a penalty for this, you know. But when you look, he did stamp on his foot and his, it actually took his shoe off as well, didn't it? So he, he kind of had to give it, really. Would you agree, Rory, that it was a penalty that for Dortmund? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a soft decision, that one. Yeah, no, penalty for me. Uh, catches him on the back of the heel. Um, just, yeah, a bit clumsy, really. Not, not, not what you need after 10 minutes in the game. Yeah. Yeah, then obviously that man, Guerrero, who probably has been, aside from Haaland, the best player for Dortmund this season. He's had a great start to the season, Rafa Guerrero. He's become a really, really... Probably the fact that he took the penalty in, in replacement of uh, Haaland shows just how important he's come to this team, really. It's not often you see a fullback taking penalties, but he comfortably, classily kind of waited for the keeper to dive, rolled it home very, very easy for 1-0. 
But then, yeah, I mean, they just don't keep clean sheets, Dortmund, do they? I mean, we've talked about it time after time. They'd have been looking at this game and thinking, you know, we can keep this pretty shot-shy Augsburg side out, surely, you know. But it wasn't to be, was it? I mean, the shot off the bar and then well followed in by that man, Zakiri, who actually had a really good game, by the way, Andy Zakiri. He was, Augsburg, probably one of a number of good performances, actually, from the uh, Bavarian side. He mm. smashed home past Cobell for one. One, then Rory, you kind of getting a bit worried for them, aren't you? At halftime, thinking, how are they going to win this game? But obviously, in the end, they managed to find a way. Yeah, they did uh, through Julian Brandt, who um, had been recently challenged by uh, by new head coach uh, Marco Rosa to you know be a bit more clinical in front of goal and add, add more goals to his game, uh, which he duly did with a uh, with a good strike. I think he caught um, the keeper out. Uh, Gikovic by hitting his shot quite early, so he managed to get into the into the near post. And that's two one. Um, I think it's just interesting to see. It's an interesting challenge actually for Dortmund, being you know with this little spell of having to play without Haaland, because maybe it prepares them a bit better for life without him. When in theory, is it is probably going to happen this summer coming uh, or the end at the end of this season. Um, so you know it's a real test. It gives someone like Daniel Marlin a chance to play up front and really take that kind of onus on him, which he did brilliantly well in the Champions League as well. Um, so, yeah, interesting challenge for Dortmund being posted them at the moment. Um, and, you know, they, they reacted well by getting two wins uh, on the trot with regards to adding in the Champions League form. Um, so, yeah, not not fantastic by them. Hazard had a couple of chances as well at the end um, when they're able to break on Augsburg when they're pushing forward. But... Solid win for Dortmund, exactly what they needed to keep uh, keep three points flowing and keep up, uh, obviously, with with Bayern. Uh, Augsburg, as you mentioned, probably one of their better performances in recent weeks, but unfortunately, it was not enough. Um, I think they never would have probably targeted going away to Dortmund as a must-win game. So, you know, not bad, and maybe they can build on that. Absolutely. And finishing the show, obviously, with another uh, 2-1 game. But this time it was an away win for Union Berlin, who are managing really, really well playing Thursday, Sunday. I mean, a lot of us worried a little bit, but we did say that these signed well in the summer and it definitely seems to be that way. You know, and For me, this was a really, really good win and they managed to get away in Mainz because we've seen how strong Mainz have been at home. They, I think they've won every... No, they were unbeaten at home so far. They've taken seven points from the first... Uh, three home games before this game. But obviously, I mean, they did go ahead as well through Marcus Ingvarts and uh, perhaps in a bit of a lacklustre first half, really, wasn't it? It wasn't a very eventful first half, but it was that man, the big, I mean, the big money signing really for six and a half million euros for, um, uh, it was that man, Taiwo Oani, who's been brilliant, really, hasn't he, Rory? Who just, he's just such a clinical finisher, really. You know, if you give him half a chance, he will put it away. And the first goal, obviously, ran onto a excellent Max Cruiser through ball just to comfortably finish really past uh, uh, Robin Sentner. And then, obviously, he goes, a few minutes after that, Rory goes on and wins it, doesn't he? Does, yeah. Um, well, I mean, what I'd say about our one year is good luck getting the ball off him when he's in that sort of position because he, <clears> he is a unit. He is strong. Uh, he is pacey. So he used all of those qualities um, when being played through by by Max Cruiser for the equaliser, as he said, um, and then a bit of uh, opportunism for the second goal. Um, so I think it's Berend who kind of wins a, an aerial duel and the ball falls kindly for him, but he still has an awful lot of work to do. 
goes to wrong goal and finishes um, ably to make it 2-1 uh, to complete a, an impressive comeback. Um, yeah, as you said, we've been playing Thursday, Sundays, maybe 1-0 down to a very um, a very good mind side who have had a good start to the season, um, you know, who have won three games and look really capable. They could have maybe knocked it on the head and say, you know what, if, if we lose this, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but no, they have that passion, they have that drive. They always think they're in the game, which they usually are. And with that little partnership now, that's becoming probably one of the most trademark partnerships or duos in, in the league this year. Uh, the cruiser, our one-year partnership, then you're always in the game. So yeah, brilliant win for Rooney on. Um, they go marching on. And uh, mine, to be disappointed, of course. Um, had a good few chances um, to to get more than one goal. Uh, I think there was a good chance uh, for uh, on Siwo and mm. Niakate. Uh, and of course, Core got his um, marching orders right at the end. So yeah, disappointing for them, but they'll uh, I'm sure they'll win plenty more games this season. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what a weekend it was. Unfortunately, we've got a kind of uh, persevere through another uh, international weekend next weekend, which is yeah, yeah. we've got to enjoy England versus Andorra. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we will be back in two weeks, obviously. But just before we finish, let's enjoy the hero and zero of the week. So, yeah, I'll introduce the uh, the hero. I mean, it had to be that man, uh, Kevin Trapp, really, didn't it for Frankfurt? I mean, I don't want to take away Frankfurt's performance in general because I thought they were brilliant to a man, really. They created other chances, but yeah, they've got to put it down to them. And I think especially the save from Lewandowski was just world-class, wasn't it? I mean, he is a keeper that goes through peaks and troughs, really, and he? when he's on form, he can look like a real world-beater, but let's just hope he can keep this run of form going for a bit longer because he was absolutely marvellous in this game, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and then the zero of the week, uh, we kind of uttered over this a little bit because it was quite hard to pick. Uh, so we've in the in the end, we've gone with uh, Duziak of, uh, of Furt. Um, obviously, the, his moment or his chance in the game where he hits the post twice in a few minutes to potentially give his team a 2-0 lead. Unfortunately, didn't come and it's cost his team dearly. Uh, not saying that they necessarily would have won, but we had to pick someone. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, the Ziak is zero of the week. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that pretty much concludes our week seven review show. So, yeah, so obviously, let's just finish with our usual uh, admin stuff. So, yeah, remember to check out our Twitter feed at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Uh, remember to uh, check otbfootball.net, which is a centerpiece of ours. So remember to check, uh, like, um, comment and subscribe as well to our YouTube stuff because that's really important to us. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the show as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again in, uh, I guess, 10 days or so for our um, fantasy football as of the week eight campaign. Enjoy England v Andorra and see you then. <laughs> see you then. Cheers. <laughs>